good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. He is Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Not a whole lot. Ready for this game. So weird when you have a Thursday game. Feels like you're still in the previous week still, you know? Yep, I feel like I have not fully had time to digest what happened against the Falcons on Sunday. Luckily, it was almost all good for the 49ers. And we are on game day, baby. Let's go. It's Thursday. (laughs) Huge game for the 49ers. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you like the show and you already follow us, that is awesome. But if you haven't taken the time to leave a review, please do. We are almost we are less than 10 five-star reviews away from 100 that would be a nice little milestone for us if we could get it before uh the end uh before the end of the year that would be fantastic and we always say if you take the time to leave a review on the show we will read it so i've got two here levin first comes from seamoff who says five-star review i should point out subject fair and knowledgeable discussion here unlike so much of the media this podcast team doesn't go from doom and gloom with each loss to unicorns and rainbows with each win if the team wins there are still bad plays if the team loses there are still good plays these guys recognize that and give you good perspective of where this team actually is i take all the credit for that typical but i was going to say damn straight we do (laughs) If you are new to the show, you get the hot takes mostly from me and the cold truth mostly from Levin, the human wet blanket. But I'm glad that people are noticing and they think we balance each other out, which is good. And then we have this review from Ninerman41. Subject, Levin, Rob is right about the juju. Five stars, of course. Levin, I have to agree with Rob about not wanting to mess with the juju and wear the hat until late in the game. I'm working on a similar theory. As long as I am walking my dog and listening to the game on Sirius, the 49ers win. Otherwise, bad things happen. I don't care how cold it is on Sunday. The dogs are walking. You know what, Niner Man 41? Thank you for your service. I appreciate that is somebody that is willing to do whatever it takes to help the team, Levin, something you would know nothing about. So did he never walk his dog last year when the team was losing? I don't know. This Uh, is all the information I have. I I don't think people listen to the radio broadcast while walking their dogs on a whim. That's something he does consistently, meaning he's done it in years past. And did the Niners win? When's the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl? When's the last time all this juju worked, huh? I don't know how old this person is. Maybe this person is only 20 years old, in which case it doesn't matter the last time the 49ers won the Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, see, again, human wet blanket poo-pooing we have a dedicated fan here and you're trying to tell them that nothing they do matters and they're wasting their time how dare you how dare you i'm sorry i don't have some sense of self-importance as if i control something that this team does unbelievable you're the worst fan i've ever heard of (laughs) for all everybody out there that is sitting in the same spot wearing the same outfit everything that you're doing i will say it thank you okay Thank you. Levin doesn't appreciate your sacrifice, but I do. Have you ever seen the movie The Silver Lining Playbook? Yes. I just watched it last night for the second time. And yeah, you sound like the dad in that movie. Oh, you got to hold the remote just the right way. Oh, better hold that handkerchief. Would that be Academy Award winning actor Robert De Niro? Would that be the actor that you're referring to? Yes, it would be. Okay. And and what ended up happening there at the uh, 
into the movie. It's a movie, Lev. It's not real life. Uh, I don't know if you uh, noticed that. Uh, it's a movie. Uh, okay. Yes, it's definitely a movie because the Philadelphia Eagles were winning in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just saying that because the Niners have the tiebreaker over them. Uh, so it is game day, and I'm super excited slash super nervous, Levin, because one, I think the Titans would be a challenge for the 49ers if they were playing on Sunday. But the fact that this is on Thursday, that they play tonight, I hate that. Thursday night football is weird. Guys are hurt. Mm -hmm. They don't have time to recover. You don't have as much time to game plan. Kyle Shanahan basically talked about, you know, you're trying to put six days worth of preparation into a four-day bag here. That's not good. The 49ers benefit from that time. So I don't know what to think about this one, but I don't have a great feeling about it. And it's even worse when you're the road team going from West Coast all the way over to the middle of Tennessee, which is – it's not quite East Coast, but and it is Central Time Zone, but it's like right on the border of becoming Eastern Time Zone. And this one's uh, extra personal for me because my brother is a huge Titans fan. He used to do a Titans podcast himself until recent, recently, in just the last couple of years. I think he stopped. But yeah, this is one that uh, I, I definitely want to win a little bit more than a normal game. Mm, got a little bragging rights on the line. I like that. Yeah, I- it's one of those cases. It's an AFC team. So we play once every four years. So, right. So it lasts. <laughs> if the 49ers win, are you going to send that, that text that just a jab, just to poke the bear a little bit? Uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it'll probably be a tweet too. Oh, a double. Yeah. Well, nice. yeah, it will definitely be, uh, I don't know if I'll say anything during the game unless the Niners are just up big, (laughs) but I can tell you from his, uh, as a Titans fan, who's actually, you know, pretty in-depth fan, not just some person sitting on their couch. He is uh, not feeling very good. Thinks the Niners are definitely the better team and does not think the Titans are a very good team currently with the way Tannehill is playing and Henry being out. Henry being out. AJ Brown may be out. We don't know. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think anybody is going to be up big in this game. To me, Thursday night football games, mostly, not everyone, of course, but mostly are lower scoring games because dudes are still banged up from the week before, which to me, Levin, means that defense is going to be important, field position is going to be important, and turnovers are going to be important. And two out of those three things, the 49ers do not do well with. So that's why I'm nervous in this game, because if it comes down to field position and turnovers, I don't have confidence that the 49ers are going to play a clean game. It is going to be kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, If you look at the numbers, Tennessee is actually uh, one of the best in the league against defending tight ends. They're second best in terms of yards allowed to a tight end, and they don't give up big plays to tight ends. Um, And at the same time, they're also among the best against running backs. I think they're around 10th best against the running backs and they've only given up like 491 yards receiving to running backs. What I'm talking about receiving here. Um, So it's a team that has athletic linebackers. They've spent some draft picks there and it's not going to probably be a George Kittle game because of that, where they are shaky in the defense is the, their DBs don't do very well. They're second worst in the league in terms of yards allowed to wide receivers and are the worst in terms of receptions to receivers. They've allowed 209 receptions 
to receivers this year. No other team is over 200 in terms of receptions wow. allowed to receivers. So it's likely going to have to be an Ayuk Debo type of game, more downfield. So that means it's going to have to be Jimmy pulling the trigger and willing to throw deep like we saw last week and not getting the happy feet that we've seen earlier in the season. And the other thing is this is going to be a huge test for the 49ers offensive line. The Titans are very big, strong, physical on the line of scrimmage. Um, and Niners have experience dealing with a good defensive tackle, but Jeffrey Simmons is very, maybe he's not Aaron Donald, but he's really good. And so is Garoppolo going to have time to target those receivers down the field? I don't know. That it, It's a huge test for them. And I'm interested to see, because if you look at the 49ers, they don't, their schedule this year has been pretty easy. Let's be honest. It was a last place uh, schedule. So obviously that is what it is. So I weight the games against the better teams more. And even though Tennessee's banged up, I still think they're a really good football team. So I kind of want to see where the Niners stack up. You know, it's one thing to kick the Jaguars and the Falcons around. You should kick them around. They're terrible. Tennessee is not terrible. They're good. And they have a very smart head coach. So I'm interested to see what the 49ers look like tonight. It will be interesting because I don't think it's going to be a game where the offenses are consistently moving the ball. Yep. I think it's going to be much more who gets the big play and gets the long touchdown that can come come ahead in this game. The, the Titans are a much improved defense. They had a really bad start to the year, and then they started going on that win streak, and they're actually the second best uh, defense in the league against the run. Um, they only give up 3.9 yards per carry. And uh, they're right there with the Ravens in terms of the fewest yards allowed. Uh, so it, it's not a game. I don't think that the Niners are going to be able to run their normal formula of just kind of pounding the rock early. And then once the passing lanes open, start passing later to get some bigger chunk yards. It's going to be a game. I think that Jimmy's going to have to be uh, better. And I think it's going to be a game that is what quarterback screws up. The least. I think these the two quarterbacks yep. have often been kind of compared to each other. They were two quarterbacks that were traded to their current teams and then kind of emerged, become uh, regular starters. They both have big contracts now, and they've both been almost, you could say, exposed at different times and then rallied back. You know, right now, Tannehill is being exposed. He has had a horrible season. Um, but then in the previous seasons, he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, whereas Jimmy... You know, we all know he's kind of exposed in 2020 and this year he was exposed early and now he's rallied back. He's been one of the best quarterbacks for the last eight games or so in the league. So it's kind of an interesting game of which highly paid quarterback that the other that the team traded for and kind of found this true starter for them, which, you know, we can talk about the future with Jimmy, but he's been a true starter for us, locked in as the starter for four plus years now. It's going to be, I think, which one doesn't mess up it's going to be ugly like just in general i think i don't think this is going to be a high scoring high flying game there's going to be a lot of crap possessions mitch wishnowski that means is going to get a lot of run levin and i don't know if you heard this i could not believe this when i heard it kyle shanahan was asked if mitch wishnowski is fatigued and that's why his some of his punts have been bad lately and his kickoffs have been horrible and shanahan said yes and look if Mitch has an injury that we don't know about, or I know he became a dad this year, so if things at home are are difficult, then, you know, I understand everybody's dealing with something like that. That's very difficult to do your job when that's going on. But if that's not going on, 
how the hell can a punter be fatigued? A punter, especially Kyle Shanahan's punter. There are some games where he doesn't even do anything. Yeah, that's one of those that you wish there was a follow-up to that. Like, how is he fatigued? <laughs> and and Shanahan said that Robbie Gold is going to take some of the kickoff duties. Great. Our 39-year-old kicker who can't hit a 50-yard kick is going to take on some of the kickoff duties. I'm sure they'll improve now. <laughs> I, I just don't get the whole kicking thing just on kickoffs. Just kick it and don't let them return it. There's, they can't there's... get to the end zone. They can't kick I it. I know. It's crazy. That's what happens when you have the oldest kicker in the league. He doesn't have the leg for it, and that's kind of sad. Think about it this way. They moved the kickups, kickoff spot up so that there'd be more touchbacks because basically kickoff returns are where a lot of the injuries happen, the bad injuries, because uh, people are literally getting full sprints in and then colliding. And that would mean that if this was what, five, six years ago before they moved it up? The other team would be receiving the ball at the, like, <laughs> 5, 10-yard line consistently. That's horrible. And so Richard Itower is better have his people ready to go tonight. Like, either kick the ball in the damn end zone or get down there and make a friggin' tackle. Like, you can't, in a game that's going to come down to a few plays, you can't have Tennessee starting every drive at their 30, 35, 40-yard line. Like, No. So it's time for Richard Hightower to start pulling his weight because the offense has been good lately. The defense has been good lately. And the special teams has been along for the ride. They've been Garoppoloing this whole time. It's time for them to step it up because this is a game that it could very well come down to special teams. Yeah, I, 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 it's a weird game. Thursdays are so hard to predict because they're mistake-ridden games. Like this is a <laughs> game where like, the offense could be not doing well, but the other team has turned it over so many times that you're get, you're gifted points, and so you end up getting 30-plus points, but it's not actually a good offensive game. I mean, that happens sometimes in Thursday games. And I think it's just because it's a lot easier, I think, to play defense on with no game planning, no super difficult you know install, than it is offense. Because the offense has to generate what they want to do, whereas the defense just has to react. And I think that's why you see these... Thursday games sometimes just be atrocious. But there are there is the occasional Thursday game where the, the defense is just their coverages are constantly broken and there's a bunch of big plays. I don't expect that in this game. I just think that with the matchup that we have currently, it is going to be a game that Ayuk and Debo are going to have to be consistently winning their routes on the intermediate routes. I don't think they're going to be able to do a lot of deep routes. Because the Tennessee defense does get pressure. They do have a really good defensive line, like you mentioned earlier. I think it's going to have to be a lot of the slants, the out routes, uh, you know, a lot of the plays where they can catch it and then run. Uh, this is a game that you're going to want a lot of rack in, I think. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yak in. And that is something that Ayuk and Debo both excel at. So I want to see what the Niners come out and try to do. I'll be interest, interested to see what they come out on the first drive and think that they're going to be capable of doing, whether they just come out passing and don't try to run it right off the bat or whether they still try to establish the run despite playing one of the best run defenses in the league. That's a really good point, right? So you spend all week game planning for the opponent. So your first drive, your first 15, 20, 30 plays, however many you script, those are the things that all week you said, we think this is going to work and we'll see how it does. 
Uh, we don't know if Elijah Mitchell is going to play. Kyle Shanahan said it was going to be a game-time decision. Full disclosure, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. So at this point, we don't know uh, if Elijah Mitchell can play. Obviously, that's a big boost. Uh, I do like the fact now that it seems like Jeff Wilson, he said after the game, he feels like the old Jeff Wilson. So even if Mitchell does play, you can interchange those guys to keep both of them fresh. But I think it's going to be more of an IU game than a Debo game. I think Debo's groin you know, is still not 100%. I think he could really benefit from from uh, more time off. That's why this extra kind of mini bye week they're going to have after this game is going to be huge for him. So to me, this is going to be the game. If what you're saying is true and it's not a Kittle game, then lean into Ayuk here. Let's see him be the number one guy that he was drafted to be. Let's see him be the stud, even if he's got extra attention on him. I like to see Brandon Ayuk go off tonight. I don't expect to see this, but I'm, I will be watching for it, put it that way. I wonder if they try to get Kittle lined up a little more wide in the mm-hmm. slot, like you know Kansas City does with Kelsey a lot, to try to get a DB on him. Try to get him <laughs> you know, already on the outside so that the linebackers can't play underneath coverage as easily. You know, The linebackers would have to get more wide to try to stay underneath his routes, which would in turn open up the middle for running you know, the, the draws and things like that. Uh, I'm curious to see if they do that, try to spread that defense out and get them out of the middle of the field a little bit more so that the run lanes could open up a little bit more. And I bet you, we see that screen that we saw against Atlanta again with Kittle at some point, which was an awesome play. Kyle Posey has a great film breakdown now on his uh, YouTube page. If you search Kyle Posey, you can bring it up where Kittle goes out for the screen and there's two receivers out there. And I, I think it was Jennings. He takes two steps toward the closest corner and it makes the corner think that he's going to block him. And then he actually goes off of that corner to another guy and IU comes up from behind him and takes the corner that's closest to Kittle. So it was just a really cool play. And of course, George being George breaks it for like 50 yards because he's incredible. But I wouldn't be shocked to see that again because like you're talking about that's Kittle outside the numbers, kind of spreading them out a little bit and They want to get the ball in George's hands. Good things happen when George Kittle has the ball. He is tied for the most ever yards by a tight end in a three-game span right now. I want to say it's 432, but it's 400 and something. 25. 25? He had 425 yards uh, three weeks ago on the season, and he's had 425 (laughs) yards in the last three weeks. That is insane. Yes, Kyle, George is a really good receiver. Okay. That's what we think the 49ers are going to do on offense. Is there anything else on offense for the Niners you want to get to before we flip it over to the D? No, I, I really think it's going to come down to how well, like you you mentioned, I think you were dead on, how well the offensive line holds up. Because if they can't make anything for a running lane and the run game is completely toast and they can't pass block and Jimmy doesn't get time, it's going to be a nightmare. They need to do at least one of those things at least block well enough that they can establish the run as a somewhat threat, get three, four yards consistently, or hold up and pass block so that Jimmy has time to get the deeper routes. And you know as well as I do, if something is working, Kyle Shanahan will go back to it. He will stay on it. So you're right. All they got to do is one thing well, and Kyle will just press until it hurts. So hopefully uh, that is the case. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into what the Titans are going to try and do against the 49ers defense tonight. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Levin, you're the Tennessee Titans. You're going up against Nick Bosa, Aziz Alshire, Fred, hopefully Aziz Alshire, Fred Warner. 
all those people. Arden Key now, who appears to be unstoppable the last <laughs> five or six weeks. What's your plan of attack? I don't think the Tennessee Titans have an identity. And that's because of their injuries. It's hard to find an identity when you lose Derrick Henry. And then, you know, you would think your identity then is, okay, we're going to lean on our dominant wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But then both of them have been hurt. I think they've only had three games this year where both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are in. And I want to say in two of those, one of them has gotten hurt during the game. Jeez. So they haven't really gotten to see that. Um, and they're not going to see it in this game. I, I don't think he, either one are going to play. I think I think I can't. I'm trying to remember now. I think one of them has a possibility. I think it, uh, AJ Brown might. AJ play. Brown has a possibility, and so they they kind of lack an identity because they can't flip the script. When okay, we lost Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league in terms of running. Um, we can't just go and straight start passing because they don't have the receivers. So you really don't know what they're going to do. They've kind of basically kept the same offense out of necessity. They still try to run the ball a bunch and then pass when they need to, but it hasn't been working. So I, I, I really don't know what they plan to do because nothing has worked. So this is a team that is basically grasping at straws after the last couple of weeks have been especially bad offensively. And they could literally try anything because they're desperate at this point. So Kyle Shanahan said in his press conference this week that the Titans, he thinks their identity is running the ball. He pointed out that they run it more than any other team in the league. Uh, but you're right. There is a huge difference between giving it to Derrick Henry a bunch of times and giving it to, uh, who is it, Dante Foreman that's there now. Mm -hmm. uh, now, they did run the ball for 200 yards last week against the Steelers. So that's, I think, clearly how they're going to attack the 49ers. The problem is they turned the ball over four times against the Steelers. That's why they ended up losing that game. But that could be exactly the kind of game we see tonight. It could be a game where both teams are trying to run the ball. Both teams might have success running the ball. But if you get down, you know, into the red zone or whatever, and you turn the ball over, it doesn't really matter. Now, I'm interested to see how the 49ers defense handles the run game, because early in the year, you could run on this team. You could easily run on the 49ers. They have locked that down in recent weeks, in part, I think, because the defensive line has just been out of their mind good. Uh, but that's something to me that's going to have to continue. Bosa, Key, Armstead, all those guys are going to have to be stout up front because Tennessee is going to test them for sure because they don't have any other choice. I, I think the defensive line will need to be disciplined. The one thing Titans do a lot is they do dump it off to running backs a ton. They do run a lot of running back screens. Their running backs, I believe, have 90 catches on the season. Um, they do love to do that. And I think that is one of the ways you could counter this Niners defensive line. You know, wherever Bose is coming from, you know he's going to be trying to get up upfield, get to the quarterback, run a screen right behind him. Like th that is one way I, I could see the Titans getting some points is they just screen the 49ers to death and the Niners don't adjust because we have seen that in games before where the Niners are are so desperate to get upfield and try to get a sack that they just lose their contain and the running back slips out and the other team gets a bunch of yards on screens. And I would not be at all surprised if that's how the Titans come out and try to attack. And it will be important to shut those down early so that they don't get everything else to open up because if they find success with screens the defense is going to have to adjust and play those uh much more aggressively and that will open up some double moves to get over the top 
The other area I think that the 49ers are going to be tested is their defense against the mobile quarterback. Ryan Tannehill can get out on the run. He's not afraid of it. He's very willing to run in the red zone. I think he's the only quarterback in the league that has at least seven rushing touchdowns in two straight years. He'll go in the red zone for sure, in addition to other places. And he's not afraid to take a big hit, too, especially in the red zone. Sometimes he sometimes well, he was a wide receiver in college. So like right. he's not he's not uh unaccustomed to being hit. He wasn't yeah, a quarterback he's all the time. Willing to do it. Uh, and I think that they're gonna look to get him out on the move too and use that to help their run game a little bit. The 49ers, for the most part, have been really good against mobile quarterbacks this year. And that was a weakness with Robert Sala. D'Amico Ryan seems to be doing a much better job. I don't know if that's because Trey Lance is there in practice and he's helping them, making them better. I have no idea. But whatever the reason is, mobile quarterbacks have not really been an issue for the Niners. I do think we'll see Tannehill with some design runs and some scrambles too. Look, if your wide receivers are down, he might be of the mentality like one read and go. You know, we'll have to see how it looks tonight. But I would keep my eye on Tannehill as a runner, as a uh, ball carrier. Yeah, and if I'm Tennessee, I might try to move the pocket away from Boza. Okay, Boza's over there. Let's roll the pocket on this pass play over here so that he can't get to me and basically uh, take Boza out of the game and say, you know, whoever's on the outside on the other other side, whether uh, it's Ebukam or whoever, make them win their matchup to get the sacks. And basically say, we're going to be so far away from Bose's side, the only way he is going to possibly get a sack is if it's some kind of coverage sack where Tannehill just has to hold it for five seconds. Who do you think starts opposite Josh Norman? I think it'll probably be Thomas. Ooh, interesting. I, I, I think the Thomas negativity after this last game was way overblown. If you look at it, he was constantly in the right spot. He just did not play the ball well in the air, but that's something much easier to fix than getting your butt burnt constantly. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if, if you're just getting beat, there's not much you can do, but if you're always in the right spot and you're playing really well, it's just that last moment where you're not getting the, the tip, the tipped pass or whatever, you can make adjustments. You, you can get better at that. I think much easier than just not being very good and disciplined with your footwork, which, you know, for a DB foot, footwork is pretty much everything. I, I was encouraged by his game last year, last uh, week, because to be in the right spot is very difficult and not many corners can do that. So I think that he will start because if you watch the film, which, you know, the coaches have, they will see the same thing. Hey, he was in the right spot. Let's just work on him at timing and, and hitting it at, you know, timing his jump so he hits it at the peak when the ball is coming in and he can rip it out. So this is something that Kyle Posey and Akash Anavarathan talked about yesterday on the Shanna plan. And Kyle brought this point up, which made me laugh. He said, are we so desperate for a good corner? Has it been so long since we've had good corners in San Francisco that we see just being in the right position as maybe more impressive as it is because we're used to seeing the Niners corners just get totally beat. And in fact, Ambry Thomas is a bigger problem than the people who are saying, well, he was in good position. I think it would be different if he was a veteran for a rookie to be disciplined, to be showing the good footwork, to be in the right spot consistently. That's very encouraging. It'd be different if this was year three, four, five for him, but the biggest obstacle for 
cornerbacks coming into this league is just being able to stay with the freak athletes that are at wide receiver in the NFL. So if you're able to stay with them and be in the right spot, that is a huge positive to see out of a rookie. I, I don't think, at least in my case, that that's what it is. And oh, by the way, 49ers, like you guys got to be able to stay with Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook Ekine. Ekine. I don't even know how you say his name, but like if you can't stay with them, like come on. I, I know you guys aren't superstars here, but let's go. There, there is a minimum level of professionalism here that you need to be able to maintain as a cornerback in the National Football League. I, mean, we should I, I would think that, but that. then I see Josh Norman every single week. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Akash and Kyle were talking about if the Niners get into the playoffs, there'll be a game where Josh Norman is getting cooked all game long, but it'll be a close game. He'll force a fumble, and then he'll come to the press conference with a football in his hand like he did something, mm. when in reality he was just getting burnt all day long. And you know what gives me nightmares? Thinking about this team trying to stop Devontae Adams. <laughs> well, I mean, they couldn't stop him when they played in week three, and it's only going to be worse now. But let's let's just get there first. Did you because... see how Baltimore defended Adams this past week? It was crazy. I've never I've never seen it. And it and Adams still had six catches and a touchdown, but he was limited. Like he couldn't get anything but short stuff. But they literally it wasn't just double coverage. They literally lined a guy up on the line of scrimmage to try to press him and play man press. And they had a guy lined up off coverage, <laughs> seven or eight yards, who was in man as well. They literally were both in dedicated man coverage, one high, one low, two Adams. So we got a little bit of breaking news on the pod. I just saw this tweet from Adam Schefter. The 49ers have ruled out Elijah Mitchell for Thursday's game in Tennessee. That's interesting to me, Levin, because I was kind of under the impression that maybe Mitchell was ready to come back last week, but the Niners wanted to give him an extra week knowing that the Thursday game was coming up. So they were going to rest him against Atlanta and he'd be ready to go for Thursday night. Well, guess what? He is out tonight. Not happening. That's a little concerning. That means that knee injury is maybe a little more serious than we first thought. So it's going to be the Jeff Wilson and gulp Jamaica hasty show. <laughs> uh you've soured on your hasty love i see I, you're um, right <laughs> you are right man i am all done with jamichael hasty when he uh, fumbled that kickoff last week i almost broke yeah. my television uh he has looked really bad this year like not the same running back that we saw um but i, I i'm not overly surprised by that because the position the niners are in they're almost guaranteed a wild card spot you know what i mean that they're not getting into that division. Basically, the Niners would have to win out. Arizona would have to lose out. And the Rams would have to lose one of their other two games and then lose to the Niners for the Niners to be able to take the division. That's not happening. So that means the Niners are pretty much locked into wild card. And to me, that means you don't risk somebody getting a more serious injury. If there's a risk of a guy playing like, hey, he's 90%. If it was the playoffs, he'd be playing but he does carry a little risk to making this much worse. You don't play him. And I think that's where Mitchell's at. I think it's a case of this isn't an important enough game to risk losing him for the rest of the year. But it is an important game. Like it's, it's an not... important. All games are important right now at this right. point. The it's Niners... not like the Niners have things wrapped up. No, but I mean, they have to win essentially one game to 
lock in playoffs in the most likely circumstances. You know, obviously they're not locked in and there are teams sitting there one game behind, but it's not likely those teams win out. They're not very good teams behind them. The Niners are almost assured playoffs. I think right now the percentage is at like 88% likely playoffs. So I, I just think that it's a knee injury. It's one that probably isn't fully healed. If if this was playoffs, he would be playing. It's not playoffs. It's an AFC team. It's not as important for playoff seating, tiebreakers, all that. It's an early week game. This is a chance to not play him, and then he gets another 10 days to get healthy. Well, that's true. I feel a lot more confident in Jeff Wilson after seeing last week, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, I... I'm not willing to say I'm not comfortable right now with the 49ers playoff positioning. They're eight and six. Minnesota is seven and seven, but the 49ers have the tiebreaker over them. Philadelphia is seven and seven, but the 49ers have the tiebreaker over them. Mm -hmm. The Saints are seven and seven. So those three teams are behind the 49ers. That's really who you have to worry about now. Right. And two of them would have to pass them for them to fall out of the playoffs. The Saints have the Dolphins. That's a tough. That's not Dolphins an easy have won, what, six win. straight, I think, now? Yeah, they've come all the way back. They started one and seven. Now they're seven and seven. So that's not an easy game for the Saints. If the Niners and Saints are tied, I'm trying to think it would go to conference record, I believe, since that's the Saints why are... I was saying the a- this is an AFC game. It's not quite as important as the NFC games that are left. Right, so the Niners are six and five in the conference, and the Saints are five and five. So I believe San Francisco would still have the tiebreaker over the Saints. So it's not a must-win game, but if you win tonight, Levin, and then you whoop up on Houston at home, which, by the way, you should in the final home game of the year, then you feel great, right? Then you're ten and six, right. going into the final week of the season against the Rams. And I know what people like to say, like, "Oh, the Niners own the Rams," blah blah blah. That's not going to be an easy game. So I would love no, to I, see the Niners ten and six going into that final week. I think if the Niners get to ten and six, win the next two games they will be right there in terms of Vegas odds with Green Bay, assuming Green Bay takes care of business over the next couple of weeks as the favorites in the NFC. I think if they get to 10 and six, there's going to be a big tone change from the media of, oh, the Niners have kind of righted the ship, but they still have some issues. Like I saw that in some of the post-game recaps of like what this, you know, it was like what this game means from different media outlets. And it was always, the Niners seem to have righted the ship, but they still have some flaws. I think it would change to the Niners are a freight train nobody wants to get in front of. They're, you know, they're they're right there with any team in the NFC as a Super Bowl favorite. Well, yeah, because at that point it would be what? Seven That's... and they seven and one in the last eight games if they win the right. next two. So I could totally see that happening. But let's take it one game at a time. Tennessee is up first tonight. As we sit here and record this, the Niners are three and a half point favorites with an over-under of 44 for the game, what uh, what do you like, Levin? I, I think that line is actually pretty dead on, which I guess I shouldn't sound surprised considering it's Vegas and they know what the <laughs> heck they're People doing. are pretty good at that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is a game that uh, Gulp could come down to kicking. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're screwed. Eight and um, seven. I, I, I just like the defense's matchups on both sides against the offenses more than I like the offense's ability to put up points. I think this is a game that you could see some field goals where drives stall because the defenses bend but don't break. And that means it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I, I think I think this is a game that 
uh, last second field goal could definitely decide it. If I have to pick a score. Yes, you do, mister. I got the score right last week. <laughs> I will say. I will say 20 to 17 49ers. Yeah, I think it's going to be right there, honestly. Uh, by the way, Akash got the exact score right last week, too. So don't go breaking. Yeah, your I hadn't realized and somebody tagged me on Twitter saying <laughs> to Akash, oh, is this where Levin got his prediction? No, that podcast, what, you probably posted it two or three hours, maybe four before we recorded. I hadn't listened to it yet. Yeah, that's what he wants you to believe. Trust me, he's taking notes every <laughs> every second of every day. No, um, I agree. I think it's going to be super low scoring as well. Um, I'll get, I'll say the Niners win 23 to 17. And I don't even like if they scored 23 points, I'd be surprised, but that's the I, final score. I feel I'm like this with. is the price is right. And you just one up to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll add one extra field goal to his score. It's a strategy <laughs> 11. All right. It's a strategy, uh, but enjoy the game. Everybody. We remind you after the game, Join us on the Niners Nation YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages for the Instant Reaction Podcast. Levin is working nights this week, so he's not going to be able to join us. But don't worry, because I have the other guy that picked the score right last week. Akash Anavarathan is going to be there with me. We'll be breaking it all down, taking your questions, your comments for about 45 minutes to an hour. If the 49ers win, maybe we'll go an hour. Those tend to be uh, a little bit longer shows. But Akash is taking your spot this week. How do you feel about that? I think that will be uh, pretty good for balance because I think he's kind of similar to me in that he doesn't get super, super high or super, super low in terms of emotions. That's going to be my goal then. I'm going to rile up Akash and see if I can get an emotional reaction. <laughs> well, depending on how the game goes, he could be there. That's true. Uh, so that'll, that'll be a ton of fun. We thank the thousands of you that have joined us for those. We really appreciate it. We love when you come and talk to us so we can have a conversation. It's not just us you know, speaking into a microphone. So please join us for that. Eleven, this is the last show before Christmas. So I want to say to you, happy holidays. I hope you have a great holiday with your family. I hope everything is good. Did you get the Christmas card that I sent you? <laughs> I did get it yesterday, yes. And? You, you, you know what my wife said when she pulled it out of the envelope? Uh-oh. What? Wow, there's that big fat guy you do a <laughs> podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> people like to say I have a fat voice for those of you that don't know yeah somebody literally was shocked in a live instant react saying wow i thought rob was a, a fat guy based on his voice or was that a review i can't remember it was now, a but... review although yeah. people have commented during the shows that i don't look like i sound which i don't i still don't i guess that's a good thing i don't know but uh anyway enjoy your week everybody enjoy your holiday and we will talk to you after the game tonight